0: The word that I keep coming back to is uplifting. I have this conviction based on my lived experience that uplifting people or the planet doesn't have to be draining. It can actually feel uplifting to the person who's making that impact.
1: Okay. Okay. We're we're jumping in here, it's on. Uh,
0: So, I actually don't know what to call these little follow ups that we'll be doing pretty much on a bi weekly basis. I was thinking, uh, and and this may be corny, people will have to tell us what they think. I was thinking like quick reflex, like, you know, like play on like reflexes, but not reflex. Anyway, so I I was thinking quick reflex, but um, this will be a super uh, short, kind of really casual, at least for the normally casual um, uh, feedback, takeaways from whatever, uh, the conversation. And in this case, there was two conversations that we had about uplifters journeys. So here we'll unpack some of the nuggets that we, uh, took away from the journeys. We will, uh, share and highlight some of the nuggets that, that the, the uplifters, uh, have given. And then we'll also kind of generally share about this kind of impact engagement framework. Um, that we'll continue to cover over future episodes. So should we uh, should we just jump in here? <laughs>
1: yeah, um, I'll introduce myself first. I'm Tamaria Terre. I'm Director of Communications and Engagement at Uplifting Capital. And I'm here with the man of the hour, our CEO and founder, Tucson Bailey.
0: And I guess I just jumped in <laughs> and started talking. I am uh, Tucson Bailey. <laughs> um so uh, we have my first episode which it feels somewhat weird to talk about um because i'm talking about stuff that is about me but we'll talk about it and then we also have uh the episode uh with my friend and and just incredible mind and incredible change maker in the criminal justice space robert rooks of reform alliance and i don't know how many people looked up reform alliance following that conversation but if you don't know about reform alliance like go go just just go take a quick peek at their work um at at what they're about and and look at look at who's on their board they are a who's who of people who come from culture and business to really affect this problem of criminal justice all starting from the lived experience of of mcmill and and how he uh was mistreated and and really abused by uh the probation and parole system so a shout out to Robert. Uh, let's jump in. Uh, yes. What did you? I, I would rather uh, start talking about Robert. What? Did, what was? What was a main takeaway from from Robert's conversation for you?
1: You know, one of the main things that I took away was just the importance of feeling connected to an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really profound when you asked him, like, what is something that you know someone can do to to tackle this issue? And it's like, first, you have to see yourself as a part of it. Um, And I think a lot of people think about, you know, prison reform or criminal justice, and it's easy if you're not a criminal or you've never been arrested to feel like you're not a part of it, but I think, and we know this from the reform dinner that we had that almost everyone in that room had a personal connection to justice, and so that was really profound to me it was just like, to see yourself and and also that it's a um, it's a public safety issue not only about you know criminals or prison reform it's literally about making people safe yeah that's
0: that's that yes i, I was blown away when he said like because i always think of these we talk about micro acts of courage i always think of those as things like people do i love uh that mindset as as a micro act he's like like the first thing you can do is see this as a you problem there's not a problem that exists in bricks and mortar that's off somewhere else in a remote area of the state this is a you problem so that was amazing um and yeah I, i i completely agree one of the things that that robert has impressed upon me in my many conversations with him and then also um the team at alliance for safety and justice uh, uh, where where I uh, do a little bit of work with, uh, uh, so shout out to uh, Jay Jordan, Lenore, uh, uh, all the incredible people doing work at Alliance for Safety and Justice, that this is a public safety issue. And, and one of the things that Alliance for Safety and Justice does is they really bring victim voices. So So victims mm-hmm. of crime and their voices in, and they really show that thin line between the people who are most victimized by crime and the people who are most criminalized by the justice system. And it's the same group of people who are suffering from these issues. And those communities are the same communities and, and the ripple out from those communities affects all of us. So I, as I've gotten educated about criminal justice, I've learned that there is really no delineation between uh, healthy criminal justice and public safety. And so yeah. I love that Robert got that message out on the podcast.
1: Yeah, it was good.
0: Yeah. I basically restated everything you just
1: said. No, 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 that's good. (laughs) Um, I also think it ties into, you know, what we talked about on your first episode about or what you talked about, emotional impact alpha also. Um, Just uplifting and then you feeling good about it, right? I mean, these issues are heavy issues. And I think, and we talk about, you know, being 1% better or micro acts of courage and just taking a little step can make you feel like it's not going to solve the problem overnight, but it's going to uplift you, right? You're going to have more emotional impact alpha. So I I love that as well.
0: Oh, I'm glad you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Because as casual as this conversation is, I actually uh, have, as you know, I have a framework for thinking about how how we can engage with impact and impact others in a way that uplifts us and I think it does follow a formula and I, I feel like I, I somewhat uh, am leading uh, in my questions in these interviews in the one I did with Robert myself and then and then in the other interviews that we've done and that that will be coming um, but really I would I think that that formula which I'll, I'll preview here so you'll get the keep listening. I'm going to give you all the keys right now. And so you could be, you could be completely done, but I would like you to keep listening. And so for me, I just see this formula. I've uh, like talking to as many people who have been not only uplifting others, but seem to be finding personal alignment from that. Um, I just see this pattern repeat and I, I, you know, I'll I'll go deeper on each of these in, in future episodes or in future reflections. But to me, there's these four ingredients, really. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of frameworks. Uh, one is the hard stuff. So you'll hear me say over and over again, I don't believe in skipping over the hard stuff. I don't believe in skipping over the hard stuff. And that's literally the hardest stuff. So grief, um, like actually grieving the problem, the, the five stages of grief um, really ended at acceptance. And then one of my favorite authors, David Kessler, one of my favorite thought leaders and authors, David Kessler uh, wrote this sixth book about finding meaning. And a lot of the people that you see on these journeys are really in that sixth step of, of finding meaning. And and really that's a, that's a means of healing from, from grief. And so that acknowledgement of grief and that awareness of of grief and, and actually addressing it is a big piece and and tied in there is regret. Uh, uh, Daniel Pink in his book, Power of Regret talks about, uh, if you want to look at what someone's most fulfilled by, Look at what they regret most and these are kind of two like like the light and dark side of the same emotion and you can really get to what's most fulfilling if you kind of sit with and examine and take the time to to reflect on what what you regret most and i think that works for for us collectively too like what we collectively regret we might collectively address and find the most fulfillment and, and kind of the most uh, collective healing in and so i think that's the first piece of it like really sitting with and examining the hard stuff when we try to skip over that we really end up doing these kind of surface level uh kind of posturing uh uh box checking actions that make us feel good for a second but we really don't get anywhere so that and then hope like like actionable like learned optimism deep hope um and big thinking on on where these problems can go so hard stuff hope and then there's this whole uh, uh, idea of stretching versus chasing, and this this comes completely from, um, uh, not completely, but largely from an author, a business book that I read. Uh, Scott Sunshine uh, wrote a book called Stretch, where he talks about these uh, two different mentalities uh, of successful problem solvers uh, versus unsuccessful problem solvers. Stretching is folks who see themselves as having a constrained set of resources and needing to stretch those resources in order to to address a problem. And then chasing is people who are constantly saying, like, if I just had this, I would solve the problem. If I just had that, I would solve the problem. And the former leads to all sorts of creativity and all sorts of ingenuity and and empowerment. Like you just feel more empowered when you believe that you have the set of tools in front of you. So uh, hard stuff, hope stretching and then the last one is we i mean we've said it on this podcast well i'll say it a million times it, it's starting small so it's micro acts of courage i've called it one percent changes uh you know um james clear in his book atomic habits talks about the compound uh what is it comp- compound ag- aggregation of marginal gains so you start small and you keep doing stuff and there's this outsized uh result if you do these small actions repeatedly on a daily basis and i think that works double for collective action because you not only have your own aggregation of these actions but across people like the collective small actions also start to mean more so this whole framework of of hard stuff hope stretch microacts um is one that will be covered again and again and again in the conversations but I thought I would I would share the keys that I think lead to kind of this this mix of uh helping others uplifting others impacting others and doing that in a way that leaves us uh uh fulfilled rather than depleted um so yeah i love that casual conversation <laughs> <laughs>
1: the the visual that came to me when you were talking about you know the aggregate collective was like, we're little baby ants just trying to <laughs> build yeah. something strong like right
0: totally and, and like just build like <laughs> carrying this like huge stuff together yeah yeah, yeah. 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 i love what
1: that yeah Yep.
0: <laughs> yep. We got to do some kind of graphic or something. with something.
1: Oh yes, I love that <laughs> little baby ants. Cool. All
0: right, um, yeah, no, I think I think I think this is this is good. This is fun. Uh, let's let's and we'll do it be back. In a couple of weeks. Any other thoughts? I don't want to cut you off.
1: No, those were my main thoughts. I'm excited to to see the other interviews. We have some great ones coming down the pike, so we'll have lots of discussions to take away. Yes, we do.
0: Uh, I don't. Who are we gonna? Uh, Uh, release next uh, or maybe it's probably sam
1: sam i think yeah nick was working on that so i think sam makes the most sense
0: my guy sam yushio oh can't wait yeah neck 3x okay
1: coming up look out Uh, look out all right all right see you later